Welcome to this week's episode of Trista's Plate Story Podcast. I'm Trista Polo from IWokeUpAwesome.com, and I am your host. Each week, we learn the story behind that vanity plate. You know, the one you saw driving down the road? What did it say? What did it mean? Why did they choose it? Welcome to Trista's Plate Story Podcast. I'm super excited because we have a license plate that is going to knock your socks off today. The story, the man behind it. Shane Sams uh, from Kentucky. The license plate is FL, y'all. Welcome, Shane. Thanks for being with us. How you doing, Tristan? Man, ever since I've found you, I, I'm kind of addicted to your podcast now. I'm not going to lie. And I've been, tell, <laughs> I've been telling so many people about this. I'm like, they're like, they're like uh, what's your favorite podcast right now? I'm like, have you heard this girl with these license plates? This is amazing. So thank you for letting <laughs> me come on your show. I appreciate it. Oh, that's awesome. I'm excited to have you. You have so much energy and so much to share, but let's start where we always start with the story behind your plate. What is FL, y'all? Well, y'all, you're going to figure out real quick is because I'm from Kentucky. If you're watching this on video, I got a big Kentucky glowing behind me on my wall. And uh, will we say y'all a lot? We'll say Ewans every once in a while. And you may get a yeehaw before this podcast is over. I'm just saying. So the y'all part is definitely just growing up, you know, in Southeast Kentucky. And it's kind of our our personality and all that but the fl actually stands for flipped lifestyle which is the brand and podcast that we have now is this so i i used to be a school teacher and you know i was a school teacher in southeast kentucky and i probably didn't make enough money to buy a personalized license plate and i definitely didn't want to put it on my nissan that had a duct taped uh, bumper in the front right so i wasn't really looking for like duct tape as my license plate you know for that one yeah right yeah and uh, man, man, my wife, Jocelyn, she was an elementary school librarian, and we were just going on about our normal life as teachers. And I was on that railroad track to retirement. You don't need a license plate on the back of the train. So like I, we were doing that. We were going through life and going through the motions. And just like most parents, I had to put my kids in daycare so that I could uh, go to work during the day. And I found and we had a horrible situation happen where we found out a lady at my son's daycare was mistreating him horrifically wasn't sexual or anything like that it was more psychological when he would have potty training accidents she would lock him in a bath for hours at a time yeah it was unbelievable and there was a whole bunch of other horrific things that came out of that situation it was in the newspaper one of the people eventually went to jail so it was just a really bad situation but specifically what rocked my world was I went to my employer I didn't have anywhere to put my son that day so I took him to my daughter's daycare which was only for kids two and under and she's like, you got to come back. I love Isaac. I kept him when he was a baby, but you got to come back. I can't keep him. So I went to work and asked for the day off and it was too late to get a sub. And I said, will you please watch my room for me? Asking the assistant principal. And she told me, no, she said, you're going to have to handle your personal problems after work. Mr. Sam's I, I know your oh son needs you, but your job needs you too." That's what she said to me. Wow. So I left gotten really, I got in trouble. I had a ride up for leaving my duty because a teacher is a weird job. Like you got to be there. I mean, there's kids in your room. There's they're juniors in high school. They're going to burn down the building. If you don't hang on to the, the, the control right. of the room. Right. right. And, uh, but I promised myself on that day that I would find a way to become and stay self-employed. I would find a way to make my own living where nobody could ever tell me I couldn't be there for my family again. So I go on to do research for months and trying all kinds of things, like trying to make money online, trying to make money elsewhere. And finally, my wife and I discover online business. We discover that you can create digital products. You can build communities around those products and you can go out and get hundreds of people to pay you $50 a month, every single month 
and you can make money on the internet by sharing experiences, wisdom, teaching people how to do things. And uh, so she started selling lesson plans about, you know, li library lesson plans. So librarians wouldn't have to plan lessons at home. I started, I was a football coach. I didn't know anything. So I just started selling playbooks. Right. And I had all these people from all over the country started running my playbooks on Friday night. I'm like, I'm not Nick Saban. I'm not, I'm okay as a coach, but I made a good playbook. So people bought it. And it was crazy when we launched, it was like, we made like $2,000 in something the first month. Wow. And I was like, wow, that that's almost one of our salaries. And then the next month was 3,500 and then 5,000. Wow. And then in July of 2013 was 15,000 in one month. And then in August was 36,000 in one month. And I was like, Jocelyn, we got to quit our jobs. We have to do this. So this, I'm getting there. I promise. So we, we so we, we go in, we quit our jobs. Now I'm from a small town in Kentucky. Word spread like wildfire that Shane and Jocelyn resigned on the same day. And everybody was freaking out. They were like, are you all okay? Are you getting divorced? Right, right. Are you moving right, away? Right. And like, or, Hey, did Shane do something illegal? Is he going to jail? <laughs> like all these questions. Like, are you guys drug asked. dealers now? Exactly. Oh, the, I, my mom <laughs> asked me if I was a drug dealer at least twice. Right. <laughs> Uh, it got so bad, like the month after we made all that money, the big, the big month that convinced us to quit our jobs, we went and saw Jocelyn's grandfather out in Muhlenberg County, Kentucky. And he shook my hand when we were leaving, like an old coal miner does, you know, shakes your hand firm. I looked down, there was a $20 bill in it. And I was like, I looked up at him and go, son, I know you're not working right now. So there's some gas money to get you home. And I'm like, I made more money last month than I made last year, grandpa. Like, what are you yeah. talking about? So all this is happening. And at about the same time, these, all these questions are getting asked, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? One of Jocelyn's friends said, hey, what are you guys doing now? Can I do that? I have a dream to stay home and homeschool my daughter. Could you show me how to make money online like you guys are doing? And Jocelyn was like, yeah, you're my friend, of course. So Jocelyn helps her within a few months make enough money to quit her job, right? And she's not been back to work since. She homeschooled her kids to change their family's life. And at that point, I looked at Jocelyn and said, hey, if we did this and we built multiple companies with this method and Lindsay did that by following our instructions, we could probably help a lot of people do that. We should tell people what we figured out. And we, we had kind of thrown the idea around of like having a podcast. Well, my mom, the Southern mama that she is and angry at her son for giving up that good job. She cornered me in her kitchen one day. I was, she's got one of them old school kitchens that kind of turns the corner and I was in the fridge. And when I shut the door, boom, there was mom standing there, finger already in my face, Trista. And she said, Shane Sands, you have lost your mind. You have flipped out, son. You had a great job. You had insurance. You had retirement. You've got babies. You've got a wife. I can't believe you've done something so irresponsible. And I got in the car as we were going home. I'm, Jocelyn and I were talking, I was telling her what my mom did. And it just hit me. You flipped out. You've lost your mind. And I was like, Jocelyn, I think I know the, I think I know the name of our podcast. So we started this podcast. Right? We live in the flipped lifestyle. Everybody else goes to the nine to five. Everybody else just does what their boss tells them. Everybody else puts their work first and their family second. We're going to flip that upside down flipped lifestyle, baby. And we're going to live it and breathe it. So we named the podcast flip lifestyle. It really took off. Like we started getting just massive following on the internet. People were just loving our message of getting up and taking your kids to school before you go to work and picking them up at three o'clock and doing all these things. And flip lifestyle kind of took a life of its own. So as, as we built this brand, we started selling the older companies, right? So we could devote all of our time to this mission. And then I looked up one day and I was like, Jocelyn, 
we can afford this truck. It's a hundred grand. Let's go buy that navigator. That's all. It's got massage seats and heat. Let's go do this. I, we, I, I used to drive a car with duct tape on it to work, man. This one will run and it has no duct tape anywhere to be seen. And we bought yeah. it. And when we, and we said, Hey, let's get a personalized license plate. What do you want? So we're like, flip lifestyle y'all so we put that on the back <laughs> of it and that's what we've had ever since man and that's like we just drive that around and you wouldn't believe the conversations that opens up and lets me explain kind of what we do to people but that's the that's the longish nutshellish version of why i have that license plate <laughs> wow well you know i have to ask what i think is maybe like on the minds of the people that heard this story how's your son doing you know it's funny it was really, really hard for a few years. Like he had a lot of problems. Like he developed a really bad fear of going to the bathroom and he would withhold it, right? So he actually damaged his colon a little bit and it like, it took us years for that to heal up. And he had a condition called encopresis, which basically is like, uh, you can't, you're, you can't really feel the muscles in your colon. So you can have accidents longer than most kids would have accidents. That was a big, we had doctors and physical stuff and he did really, really good. There's definitely still emotional stuff, you know, but we, we have, we have great resources. We go to counseling monthly and Isaac right now is the most well-adjusted, kindest, most beautiful spirit on the face of like, I, I tell him every day, you are already so much of a better person than I will ever be that I can't even believe it. So, you know, he's just a great kid. He, we've overcome all of those things. Thank God it wasn't That's physical great. beating or sexual or anything like yeah. that. It was, it was stuff that we can attack together in his mind. And um, there's good days and bad days. There'll, there'll, be night, sure. there'll be nights he wakes up and comes and gets in bed with us even still. But, you know, most 99% of the time, he's just crushing it. So he's awesome. That's awesome. And how long ago did all of this, like, happen? How he long was, has it been? He was about, he was three-ish. He was about three and a okay. half when all this happened. So he's 12 mm -hmm. now. Um, okay. So we, we've spent a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of talking, a lot of, you know, you know, and I also too, like, I always want to stress, like, I don't ever, I don't have any hate or resentment for anybody about bad situations. I think bad situations are just going to happen to us. This was not a thing that we could have foreseen. Like this place was actually, she used to be owned by this amazing woman who was more grandmother to the town than she was daycare runner, right? And she just happened to retire. She happened to sell it to somebody else and they happened to make a bad hire. That's, this was just a factual thing, right? And the, the experience of going through negative things to me always makes you who you are. And I think we're a better family because of this experience. I think we, I understand more about my emotions, me needing counseling and my wife needing counseling and everybody needs somebody to kind of help them through the hard parts of life. So I actually think of it as, you know, I try to, it's a blessing. This is something that happened. It's nobody's fault, but you know what? We're going to turn it into the best possible thing uh, we can. Beautiful that you took something bad in life and you tur turned it around and you had it really inspire you to change your whole life. And now how many people have been impacted positively as a result. Yeah. So do you know how many people you've helped with this process to kind of yeah, follow in your footsteps? We've had over 4,000 people come through our community, right? And go through. Now it's hard to gauge what the impact is, but we have hundreds of stories. Like I think we have something like 1,200 collected stories that people have sent us of I did this, I did that. And we've got people, it's crazy like 
how far a ripple can go when you take something and you put it out into the world, right? Like, I'm sure you were like, when you thought of this podcast, you're like, is anybody going to listen to this? And you're like, they do, they listen to it. It's amazing, right? And we thought that too. We thought, well, we'll help a few people. It'll be incredible. But like, so while I wish it hadn't have happened, I think we've made uh, the absolute best of it we could. Yeah, I mean, the fact that I'm glad to hear he's doing well, that's awesome. And the fact that it created this spark like how many people's lives are better? Oh, I, I, are I, can't, freer, I can't even imagine. You know, are flipter. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. so I, I mean, I agree with you. Like bad things happen. I have a sign on my office: every storm runs out of rain. Just to remind myself, That's a like great when bad quote, Trista. That I've never is. heard that before. That is a great. Oh, quote. there you go. Yeah, it's a good one. And it just it's a reminder, like no matter how bad it gets there's, you know, the sun will shine again. Yeah. And what are we going to do with the lessons we've learned from the things we've gone through? He doesn't even remember. Oh, he it doesn't. Happening. No, okay. but the, 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 the scars are deep. Like he doesn't know yeah. why he's scared or has a panic attack sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but it's like, he doesn't, we've told him about it and we just said, mm -hmm. Hey, this, this is something that happened. Let's just deal with it. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm glad he doesn't have a memory of it. I'm, I'm sorry. He's still having residual stuff, but it's good he doesn't relive it in his mind because that would be a whole nother level. There's this awesome story I love, uh, this quote from Mother Teresa. She was being interviewed by this knucklehead reporter who was really cynical. He didn't like her for some reason. And he was like, listen, you're this nun in the middle of nowhere. Like, do you really think you can change the world? And she said, no, but I can pick up my stone and cast it out upon the waters and cause many ripples. And that's like my favorite thing about Flip Lifestyle. Like we see that we go out and get people and help them start these membership communities. That's what we really focus on. And then they, you know, we have hundreds of people in our community, but then that person will branch off and they'll go help hundreds of people in their community. Like we've got this lady named Rebecca Decker. She's from Kentucky too. And she came into our community and she was like, I'm a, I'm a nurse. I was a professor in college. And I had a horrific birth experience with my first child. And I don't want any woman to ever have to go through this again. And I have the training to help them. Do you think this would work? And they're like, how, well, how do you want to turn that into a membership? She said, I want to help nurses, doulas, and midwives and train them correctly so that the people they serve will have great birth experiences, healthy birth experiences. And we're like, amazing, let's do it. So we help her to build her membership. We help her build her stuff. She goes out and launches and now she's helping hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of nurses, doulas, midwives, hospitals, and I can't imagine the thousands and thousands of births every year that just her coming to flip flop style, her starting her thing. And that ripple is going like far and wide. Um, Absolutely. I, ha I, ha I have a website. I have another website that I still have. It's called ushistoryteachers.com. And it's like a membership for lesson plans and history teachers. Right. And I figured it out one day that something like 100,000 students have been taught history with the lesson plans that we created in that website. Like that's crazy to think about it, that you've dropped hundreds of classroom teachers and then thousands of kids have literally sat there and listened to your exact words that you uh, put on paper. So that that's really what we're wow. in it for. That's why we sold our other businesses because we wanted to just go all in and keep throwing our stone. Every time someone joins my membership, I'm like, it's a stone, let's pick it up, let's throw it. Let's see how big the ripple is. And the ripple's not always like educating children and birthing babies. Like there's this guy out in, there's this guy out in San Diego, his name's Kenny Troiano. And he has a website and a podcast called Bread to Perfection. 
and it's all about raising chickens in your backyard. And it's just like, people like to do that. It's meditative. It helps them. They're taking care of something. And that's what he loves to do. He loves chickens. He loves to take care of chickens and he loves to help people take care of their chickens, but that's still a ripple, man. What kind of, he's, he's helping people calm down. He's helping people de-stress. He's helping people be sustainable. And uh, that's what I love most about what we do really. That's awesome. I love that. Now I wanted to ask you about your shirt because you can see a little bit of it in the video. Can you tell me? Okay. So a hundred times now I've heard this. All you got to do is get a hundred people to give you 50 bucks a month <laughs> and then the you're best. making that's 5k it. a year. No problem. That right. sounds too easy. It now does. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Like find a, an idea that you do that other people would want to duplicate. And I love that you're saying it doesn't have to be fancy or smart, even really just something that lazy people will use it instead of making their own. <laughs> God, that's not bad. That's not a bad way to say it. I don't, I don't think I'd articulate it just like that. You know what I'm saying? But I, that's, right, about fine, right. that's about right. That's about right. But the fact that somebody's going to take something that other people made, like your football playbook or you know, the, the lesson plans just to have one less thing to have to do. That's right. That seems pretty yeah. simple to be able to come up with an idea to find something people want to have somebody else do all the work. Yeah. We, we yeah. hear this all the time. Cause that, that it, it, people, I, that's, it's funny when I put this in an ad or something, or I post this formula, cause this is kind of like my one of my catchphrase things, you know, it's like, oh, you need a yeah. hundred people, $50 a month, 5,000 a month, 60,000 a year. You can make a living on that now. And like people laugh and that that's the number one thing that I'll get like scammer. You're a scammer, MLMer, whatever. That's, that's when I get attacked because when I do this, which I kind of bait them because I want them to do it for the engagement. But, but like where that came from uh, was actually right before uh, we really started going all in on online business. You know, I was desperate after I wanted to quit my job. I just couldn't take it anymore. And we were driving uh, to see Jocelyn's parents. They lived in a different town. And we were out on the highway and she was driving and I was in the passenger side. And I was like, man, I can't figure out how to make money. I just don't know how to do this. I know that you're supposed to get a job. Someone gives you a salary, but I don't know how you do it like on your own. And I don't know what made me think about this, Trista. I really don't. I looked, I was looking out the window, trees just flying by and it just hit me. And I looked over at Jocelyn and said, Hey, I got to ask you something. She goes, what? I said, what if we could get a hundred people to just send us $50? She kind of looked out of the corner of her eye. Like I was crazy. And she goes, like, what are you, you starting a church? Or are you? Yeah. All right. What are we doing corner? here? Are they, are they just tithing? <laughs> what is this? And, uh, and I said, well, think about it. I said, there's 7 billion people on the planet. And I know that like 4 billion of them right now can get on the internet. You know, there's gotta be something that I can put out there that someone would give me $50 for. And that would replace our salary. Like at the time I made like 2,500 bucks a month. She made like 2,500 bucks a month. You take that together and it's five. So that was why five grand was on my thing. Later, I would learn that like the median income of the United States is like 60,000 or something. So this is like a middle-class living. I mean, this isn't a joke. Like, this is like, you can live on this. And I was like, I wonder how can I get a hundred people to give me $50? She goes, yeah, I don't think you can do that. <laughs> like, I'm not sure. I've never heard of anything like that before. And I was like, okay, well I said it. So I bet there's a way if you can say it out loud, it's probably true. So I started looking for a way to do this. Well, one day I was mowing my grass. And I was listening to a podcast. Now, this is back in 2012, before podcasts were what podcasts are right now. There were not a ton of podcasts in any of the categories. And the ones that were there had only been out like a year or two. There wasn't like a ton of shows. 
And a podcast that I found was called the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn. And this guy was talking about making money on the internet. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. How does he do it? So he was an architect and he lost his job, but he had a blog that he had been doing for years about his studying for the architecture licensing exam. And he's like, I thought, hey, what if I, I realized people were listening or reading my blog and signing up for my email list? So what if I tried to sell them my study guide that I made for myself? This is a PDF. Like this wasn't anything fancy. So he put a PayPal button on his page. He said, I, if you give me 50 bucks, it was like 47, 47, 49. If you give me 50 bucks, I'll send you this PDF. And he made $9,000. And I about stroked out on top of that lawnmower. Or I about yeah. flipped it off the hill. I jumped off the lawnmower and ran inside and kicked in the door and told Jocelyn, I figured it out. This is how we can get 100 people against $50. He made a digital thing that he emailed to people and, and it solved their problem. Why can't we do that? Why can't we do that? And so we looked at the things that we could create. There was a lot of failure in between this story and actually succeeding, by the way. I just want to make sure everybody knows that. But fast forward, what happened was we realized teachers hated planning lessons in the afternoon. They just wanted to show up and teach and go home to their family. So if we could create bell to bell instruction for them for all 185 days of the school year, they could put their classroom on autopilot. They could do what they were hired to do, teach the material. And then they could go home at three o'clock. They could eat dinner with their kids. They could take their children to practice and we could remove their stress. So it wasn't like we just made up, we just did what we already knew lesson plans. And we, and, we, and we solved a problem for people. They didn't have time in the evenings because they were spending three hours to do that. We just solved that problem. Football coaches are, had a weird problem. Like everybody looks at the big coaches like Nick Saban and Bill Belichick and all these people, right? And these guys go around these speaking clinics and they go, oh, you just do this and you'll win every game. Well, the problem is those guys have six foot five guys that run Olympic sprinter times. You, a high school coach can't win like that. And I as a high school coach have been through the ups and downs. Like I was 0 and 10 one year as a head football coach, but I've also been eight wow. and two, took a team to the playoffs, whatever. I, I knew what it really took to play defense with average kids. And I also knew that half the football coaches every week lose. Think about it. Every week, right. every Friday, right. half of them lose, right? Half those dudes are going home miserable and getting up miserable on Saturday morning and they're losing their weekend. So that's how I sold it. I was like, look, I've won with average players. I've turned around pro two programs. I, I want you to look at my defense because they're like your kids. And I, and I want to help you go home happy more Friday nights than not. So you can wake up and enjoy your kids' sports on Saturday. And you're not thinking about the game uh, before. And that really resonated with people because we solved that problem. It's you're getting up and you're getting your weekends back, right? So when you, when you look at these things, a lot of people you hear in online business, they're these, they're, they're, you know, the guys that are on their Instagram laying on their Lamborghini that they rented or they're, they're in their mansion, yeah. which is really an Airbnb that they rented for the weekend. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. not what we're saying. Like you don't, <laughs> don't, don't chase your passions. My passion is walking on a beach in Mexico. I love to go to Mexico. It's I'm passionate about walking down that beach. Nobody's paying me to walk down the beach and doing my passion. What you focus on are your God given talents, your God given experiences and the wisdom you've picked up along the way. You package that into an online product and you reach back to people who are a chapter or two behind you and you pull them forward. And then when you do that, the reason they will pay you every single month, not just one time for that digital product, is because you also build a community around these things, right? Like we built the elementary librarian community. Lonely librarians, the only one in the school, 
oh, now you can hang out with hundreds of librarians in this Facebook group. Football coaches who run this specific defense and hate other defenses, come over here and hang out in our community forums. And let's talk about what happened in your game plan. Chickens, you love chickens? Come over here and talk to all the other people that love chickens because everybody else in your family thinks you're crazy for having chickens. And it just goes on and on and on. Uh, nurses, doulas, they, they go together. Podcasters, they go together. So if you can create some curated content, a nice easy path that people can just follow instead of Googling and YouTubing, and then you build community around it. And then you provide leadership. You gotta be the leader of the community. Doesn't mean you're like Tony Robbins up on stage clapping, but it's like, hey, you're providing structure and opportunities for these people. They'll pay you month after month, year after year, and you can build a stable, steady, recurring revenue. And you only need like a couple hundred people to make a really, really, really solid living uh, through this model. Well, you make it sound so easy. I know because it's simple. It's not easy. There's a lot of work involved. You got to pick up the shovel and dig, but it's not real complicated to, <laughs> to know you want a hole, right? So that, yeah, like, that, yeah, the, no. the, the concepts are simple, but of course there's work and you've got to have a learning yeah. curve and figure things out. Sure. Um, but we've seen it. I mean, I've seen... I've seen the crazy, there's this lady up in North Dakota and uh, she needs a license plate. It needs to say like sheep or something. And like, she's in North, <laughs> she, she, she's in North Dakota. Her name's Teresa Perleyberg. I think it's bear mountain felting. We can drop her a link there. But uh, uh, she came to us and was like, I make teddy bears out of sheep wool. And I'm like, cool. How do you do it? She's like this thing called needle felting. It's kind of like yarn. What is it called when you yarn, when you got the sticks? Crochet. The, crochet. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but it's called needle felting. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm yeah. like, okay. She goes, that's not all. I'm like, Keep going. She goes, I actually raise the sheep, shave them, dye the wool, and then turn it into this thing. And I want to start a membership oh for other sheep sharing enthusiasts who want to shave their own sheep and do their own wool and make their own stuffed animals. And I'm going to give them courses. That is very niche. That's very niche. This is as niche as it gets. Wait till you hear where <laughs> this ends up. Like, so she, I'm like, okay, sure. Are there other people that like this? And she's like, oh yeah, there's people that do this. It's like a cottage thing, right? It's like scrapbooking or something. I'm like, all right, whatever. So she starts building this thing. We get her content. It's like how to make a giraffe, how to make an elephant, how to make a whatever. And I'm like, okay, that looks good. And then like, so she's got her community set up. It's like a Facebook group or a forum or something. And then she's going to do these member calls where she teaches people like a live technique, right? And they come and ask questions. It explodes. She has like over 400 members for this thing wow. and it just keeps growing and it got so big that she started like supplying the wool for people partnered with another sheep herder in north dakota so that they could have enough sheep wool to send out to members so now oh they have like goodness. a little box and it gets crazier she bought oh, like a monthly subscription box it's, it's, it, 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 but it, it was a monthly course first with a community but then the demand was so high for the wool like people couldn't keep up with their own, like they couldn't shear their sheep fast enough. So she started like processing and having a little box of kits that she could send out right each month. And then they bought an old elementary school that was abandoned and they bought this school, like a school. So the gym is going to be their conference center. They've turned the rooms into like classrooms and little Airbnb bread and breakfast kind of things. Oh and, my gosh. So you now, can come and yes, learn you can in go to North Dakota and you can pet her sheep and you can like that's do a conference. Amazing. It's unbelievable. It's out. It's so mind boggling. That, that's one of my favorite stories because Teresa one is just a, just a go getter, right? Nothing complicated about anything she does. It's just videos and hanging out. Right. But she's just like, she said, I'm going to do this. I love this. I'm going to do it. Her, her Instagram's full of pictures with her sheep. And so it's, uh, you know, and she just goes out and built this huge community of sheep sharing, needle felting enthusiasts. So yeah, right? it and sounds crazy. And she's turned her hobby into, into a, a membership-based 
passive, passive, yeah. residual. Well, Pat, I, what I say what is- What would you call this kind of income? Yeah, I don't believe in passive income. I think that word is kind of overused. All money must be managed, right? But what you can do is you can create a presence in the world that can go, it can be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. You don't have to pay attention a lot to it. You need to spend a couple hours a day on it probably to make sure that your members are getting served and that you're talking to people, you're leading, doing some marketing. But you can also be like, oh, but I can also pick up my kid at three o'clock. I can also go to my kid's ball game or sit at practice and watch them practice. And I know my business is still running. You know, I sent an email this morning before we got on this podcast. I know that's getting people ready for my next uh, webinar, right? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off this call and there'll probably be 20 people that signed up for a webinar or something, right? Like you can do things and let the, the wheels turn kind of like while you live your life. So this is like how you achieve work-life balance and work-life harmony. There's no such thing as passive income where you're like, I've made one blog post, it went viral, and now I have this product and everyone buys it forever. And if anyone tells you that, they're lying. I know half of them and have called them out, <laughs> right? So like, that's, that, it's just not true. Like, it's not true to me. I, I do know someone who created a passive income business. He's, I know him through the podcast and he created something where he licensed it. That's and different. So yeah, they, that's a different model. So like, uh, like he owns like a franchise yeah. thing and everybody paid and he just gets money every. The, what I, with that is awesome. That's like, those are great stories. Like it's the shark tank syndrome, right? Like that's great. But if you create something that's licensable in an industry, that's rare. It's really, really rare. It's really hard that's to true. do that. You know, you're talking 1% of 1% of people actually create that's something that's broad enough to go, wow, that's so good. We're going to license it everywhere, you know? So like, that's cool. If you have a goal and you think you have an idea good enough, then go. And what, what's funny is these kind of businesses like these online memberships and things are what that you can't get to the licensing thing until you've done the home, the work at the other level. So like there's steps to get to that licensing and that royalty. It's like we, we hear like Facebook bought Instagram for a billion. Well, Facebook's only done that a few times. It's not like they're doing that. There's a unicorn popping up every week, right? <laughs> so I love the dream. I love the goal. But I'm telling you right now, if you just want to make a great living and you want to spend more time with your kids and family, this is the, this is the way you get to that point, even if that's your goal, basically. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, you mentioned something really briefly that there were a lot of failures between 2012 and when you got that $36,000 in one month. Oh yeah. Can you share a couple of the failure stories that really taught you lessons that helped you fail forward? Cause I know oh, yeah. so many people are scared of failure, but you gotta be willing to fail to succeed. Oh, I, I hate days I don't fail because like, if I don't fail at something today, I didn't learn anything and I'm just going to be stagnant in about two weeks, you know? So you got to look for those problems where you screw up so you can get better you know, but I, I started out, I was all by myself trying to figure all this stuff out. And it wasn't like now, like now you can get a platform and you can have like a website and email marketing and sales funnels and all that stuff is just there in a box. Uh, but back then, man, I didn't know how to code. I didn't know how to build a website. I don't do anything. So like the first websites I tried to build, every one of them crashed. I didn't have enough money to do anything. Right. So I had to keep selling stuff. I was having yard sales every weekend and Jocelyn was starting to look around the house going, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to rent the kids if I run out of stuff. <laughs> like somebody will take them for $20. I promise you. Right. And like, it, it was just crazy. Cause every, and I would, I would buy these courses and they were just so full of bad information. Like everything I tried would fail. So 
I had a website one was called toddler apocalypse and I thought I would be a dad blogger. I thought I'm gonna be a dad blogger, man. I'm funny. I'm, I'll kind of say funny things. Sometimes I'll take pictures of my kids doing stupid stuff. And I actually got a little audience traction, but like there was no way to make money with it. I just didn't know. I, I put ads on it, like Google ads and stuff and nobody clicked anything. Nobody cared. Right. So that was a total abject disaster. Then I think one of our sites got hacked because I didn't know you were supposed to have like a good password at the time. So I, my password was probably like, password or something and somebody one two three four one two three four yeah one two three four when we got hacked one time it was ridiculous it was like a bot hijacked our wordpress account or something so that was terrible and of course like nothing i did made money like months and months and my wife was looking at me trista going what are you doing man you're spending all your time on this you're spending all our money on this like you and she was saying things like yeah i think we should stop this like we need to figure this out you know we need there's other ways to do this but i was really determined not to fail and i almost gave up i, I really did i almost quit I, I remember the night that i almost quit i was laying in bed and i was totally depressed like have you ever been like like so depressed you lay in your bed with your computer on your chest and you're like, you don't even, you just get rid of your pillow and you're just like this and you're trying to like move the mouse with your chin. Like that was the level of sad that I was at this moment. Like I was just done. And I was looking at my Google analytics on a, it was actually my first history site. I had started creating worksheets and I was trying to give them away for free. And, and then I would hope that, that the teachers would click ads too, right? But the problem was like, I had no content. I wasn't typing any content. I was just putting a downloadable link and then surrounding it with spam. Basically, it was stupid. And, but nothing was happening, made no money. I shut my computer, threw it off my chest, so disgusted. And Jocelyn was up late reading a book. And I, I just went in the bathroom and was about, it was just like, depressed. And I remember I didn't even turn the light on when I went into the bathroom. I just stood there brushing my teeth in the dark with like a little bit of light coming from the bedroom. And I just said a prayer. I was just like, God, is this like, are these people scammers? Is this real? Like, is anything actually happening? Because I've really not made any money on this. And I have tried. I have worked really, really hard. And just give me a sign. I, I don't care either direction. If, it, if, I, if I go back to work and I retire and I'm 62, so be it. But I'm just sick of this. I'm done. And right before I went to bed, I picked up my computer. I was going to move it out of the way. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to get back on here. Because you know how it goes when you're like looking at your analytics, like your podcast downloads or something. You're like, ah, one more time. Let's hit refresh and see what happens. So I opened my computer and I hit refresh. And whereas zero had been there before, there was 11 cents in my ad account. Like someone had literally clicked an ad and I had made 11 cents on yeah, my yeah. business. Now this is a dime and a penny. This is couch cushion money. I'm not saying this is yeah. millions of dollars, this, you know? And right. I, but I, I treated it like that. I was so excited. I had so much failure and so much struggle to even get content into the world up to this point. But what I put out had sent money back. And I showed it to my wife, Jocelyn. And I said, look at this. All we've been through, everything I've done, it's real. You can, you can make content. You can try to serve people. And, and sooner or later, it's going to make some kind of money. And what if that was a million pennies? What if it was a million dimes? We just got to get more people to see this. And that's when she got on board, started Elementary Librarian. And we had all the failures of that first six to eight months led to us ramping up the, the real business in two months because we had learned all the lessons. I knew how to build a site. I knew what to avoid. I knew all the problems. And the success that we had in the, one, in the, the swing that did hit the home run was, would not have been possible without all the strikeouts in the months before. So that, that's kind of like where failure leads you. If you just keep swinging, eventually you're going to see the dime, then the nickel, then the quarter, 
and then the dollar and then the $2,000. And all of a sudden you look up and you've replaced your income and uh, you flipped your life. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's really great. So your life now, how does it look compared to those early days? <laughs> really different. So like, so, <laughs> I mean, like, I figured. Yeah. No, I grew, I grew Let's up have at, the flip side of that. Yeah. Story. That's the other side of the, so let me, let me tell you about a couple of sacrifices that we made in the beginning, you know, and then I'll lead to how that shapes what we do now. So of course, the most important thing, I just have control of every minute of my day. Like I choose who I talk to, when I talk to them, what I do every minute of every day. I choose to spend time with my kids in the morning, take them to school every day. That's really important to me. We, we pick our kids up from school at three o'clock every day, right? And we work around those times. So that's the coolest thing is like, I went from a school teacher who literally can't go to the bathroom until the bell rings to having total control of my life. So that's the most important thing to me. But there were other sacrifices that we made when we started out. Like Jocelyn is a huge Olympic fan, my, my wife. She loves the Olympics. And the, the, the summer that I wanted to go down this rabbit hole, the summer Olympics were coming out. But here's the problem. We needed a hundred bucks for hosting and some plugins and some other things. Our cable bill was about a hundred bucks at the time. So I said- hundred dollars. Uh, we needed a hundred bucks. That's all we needed, Yeah. right? Cause I needed to set up hosting, buy, I needed a course on email marketing and there was something else. So I needed a hundred bucks. And I was like, Jocelyn, if we cancel cable, you won't be able to watch the Olympics. And this was before the Olympics were on the TV, the internet. This was, TV was how you watched them, right? And I was like, but maybe someday I'll be able to take you to the Olympics, right? Like that was the kind of the promise. And we did, we canceled cable. It freed up time, freed up money. And we were able to build this thing. Really wow. fast, okay. The second thing we did when we were about to quit our job, Jocelyn was not ready to quit her job. I, I talked her into it. I was like, if, if we're doing this part-time, what could we do full-time? She's like, one more year. And I'm like, no, let's do it. But to set ourselves up to be prepared to make that decision, a few months before we resigned, we actually sold our house. We had a 2,400 square foot house. I had an above ground pool. It was fancy. I'm telling you, above ground pool. And it was, it was awesome though. We had a nice house, nice neighborhood, whatever. And we moved into this older house that was like built in the thirties, remodeled in the seventies, needs updated kitchen, that kind of stuff. Right. But it lowered our bills by like a thousand bucks a month to move into this house. So it freed up all that money to reinvest back in the business. Okay. So we go on, we do all the things that we do, right? Well, now I promise you, I can go to the Olympics. I can go to the Olympics if I want to. We can do those things. Like we travel all the time. We spend more money. This is, I don't want to, I don't like saying this because it sounds unhumble, but we, we actually spend more money on travel than we used to make as teachers now because we just have the resources to do it. So we take advantage of it. And we actually just a few years ago bought a brand new house. It's, ex it's exactly double the size of the house that we used to live in. It's 4,800 square feet. And awesome. we have we have 40 acres out in the middle of Kentucky and we have a private lake we can ride jet skis on. Like we own the lake, like it sits behind our house. It's surrounded by our land and it's our lake. My, my kids fish on it, we ride tubes on it. And it, it's kind of silly. Like when I say it out loud, I still don't understand how these words are coming out of my mouth because it's so different than what we had before because we didn't have this broad reach of the internet. We, I, can, I have customers in every state of the union. We have customers all over the world. And that produces an awesome amount of income and an awesome amount of freedom. So, you know, I, I, this was because not our dream. you provide an awesome amount of value. Service. That's right. There's awesome value. Yeah. People will pay you forever if you can help them, you know? Yeah. So we, we provide the value. They give value back. And it's just, 
it's kind of silly. Now, I don't want anybody out there to think our life is not full of problems. I got the same. I'm ha- I still got to have those same conversations with my kids that are uncomfortable because some knucklehead said something at school. My kids still act up. Me and my wife still have disagreements. Nothing really changes except kind of like the time and the things you have to deal with it, right? But what's really good with that time thing is you have so much more time to focus on your health, your mental health. You can go to counseling. You have the resources to do these things. So like, even though this wasn't our goal, right? Our goal was to quit our jobs and make a living. When, when you see what's possible, you can start setting new goals. You can start going to the next level. And that's where we're at now. What can we do to make more of an impact, reach more people? And that's where we're investing our time and money in right now. And how's your family feel about you now? <laughs> well, my mom loves coming over to my house now. She's not got me cornered in the bathroom no more. She, I know, she loves sitting on the back porch and hanging out. And like, I, I think it just took them a while to realize that we had it under control, right? And it was, it was, it was kind of like you couldn't. What was happening to us was so incomprehensible to us, we couldn't even possibly articulate it correctly to the people in our life, you know. But they got it. They they started understanding it. And I, I tell you, what, the podcast really helped. Because like my brothers and my family started listening to the podcast. They heard what we were doing for people. Because that's my podcast. I interview my members of my community and I help them with whatever they're struggling. That's with. awesome. Yeah. Your that's the, yeah. the flipped lifestyle podcast. Yeah. I have that's a awesome. second podcast called Membership Masters, which is more as we started building more success stories, people wanted higher level content. And we started drawing in higher level like digital marketers and stuff. And I know a lot of people, really good guests. So like I started interviewing people, my friends, but the Flip Lifestyle podcast is the main, main show. And once that was out there and people started seeing what was happening, of course, there was some problems. Like, I mean, we lost some friends some people didn't understand. Like I, I had a few of my friends that shockingly got really angry and ended the relationship. And I don't know if it was like jealousy or they didn't like their choices compared to, I don't know what it was. Right. But like, it was, it caused some problems in some relationships. I mean, and changed some things, but 99% of the people are just happy for us and, you know, and they love it. So it's good. That's good. I think you're right that there are definitely people who can't stand to see others succeed because it just reminds them of what they are not doing. That brings up a question I always like to ask, which is about self-worth. I have this philosophy that you cannot replace self-worth with hard work. Yeah. So how has self-worth played a part in your rise to this level of success? You know, it's interesting. I think I've got, I may have a different angle on this, right? Like when we, when you first start out in anything, you have a little bit of imposter syndrome. Like you, when you started your first podcast, probably you're like, when, I'm, when you're recording the first plate story, it's like, who, who's going to listen to me? Like, I'm just, I'm not a radio DJ. I'm not Frazier Crane on the Seattle airwaves, right? Like whatever, like, you know, you just don't think you can do it. And the funny thing is about the entrepreneurial journey in, in particular is imposter syndrome always comes back. Cause there's like always another level. So when I, when we, when we quit our jobs, that was really amazing. And like, we needed every ounce of confidence that we had built through our careers, through college, everything to trust each other enough to go out into the world and put ourselves out there. But then it was like, there was another, le- another tier, another level. You got one, you got to keep it going, getting to the top of the mountain. You got to stay there. Right. But then you want to go to a higher mountain peak. So 
really looking, we have to look a lot more internally now when we get the negativity, when we get the criticism, I get negative emails, I get hateful stuff every single day in my inbox from people who listen, right? It just happens. And I have to understand that, you know, my worth is not based on that comment. Every it's internal, it comes from inside of me, and it comes from my intentions. It comes from the actions that flow from those intentions. And I know that I'm trying to do my best to help others and get to the next level myself. So that's where we really draw into self-worth now is to fight imposter syndrome, fight the haters, fight the trolls, fight the people who can't comprehend our mission. I don't have to convince you to make me have worth. I don't have to explain to you why I'm doing what I do to have worth. I just have to know that my intentions and my motivations are pure. And then I'm being very intentional about how I manifest that uh, out into the world. So you got to look inside if you're going to pull that out. You know, whether if you're a religious person that comes flows from inside of you, like the Holy Spirit, if you're uh, even if you're just someone who just like needs more confidence, it's got to come from in you because every time you put it in somebody else, you're going to lose every time somebody's going to burn you. So, you know, that's why we draw on our self worth is to overcome those things. I love that answer. And I think you're absolutely right that you have, it's almost like there's a ceiling at every level and you've got to be willing to break through it. It's not like once you get to this spot that there's not another level. If you, you know, you have to get a new level of self-worth, confidence, belief that you can do it for every level of success you achieve. Cause you'll only get as far as you believe you deserve to get. Yeah. Another thing too, is like, we've actually had this new initiative in our company. It's really it's interesting. And, I'm, and we're applying it to our life too. It's a very tactical approach to doing things. I changed, you know, some, you know, you have a job, your, your boss might tell you, oh, your sales goals are to grow 3% this good luck. If you don't do it, you're fired. Right. Like we're, we're, we're like, well, what are the actions that actually get you to that? Like, that's what we're measuring ourselves by. Did we take the actions necessary? And if we got there, great. If we didn't get there, we'll look at why and try and fix it. But like, you can't, you can't even put your self-worth on the outcome. It's just got to be like, are you being consistent? Are you being prolific? Yes. Are you being relentless? And if you're doing those things, even if you fail, it's okay. Like you're, you're everything's going to get better, but you don't have to put your worth in the outcome of the thing. Cause that also you're, you're going to fail more than you win. So don't even put For it sure. there. Just put it on the actions. You know, here's a saying I love marry yourself to the process, divorce yourself from the result. Yes. Yes. So true. Very, very true. Yeah, absolutely. Now I think you have a freebie for my listeners. I do. Yes. I have an awesome, awesome gift. You know, I'd love to help any of your listeners who think they have an idea to start an online business to actually find that idea, look at their God-given talents, experience, pick their idea, vet the idea to make sure that it's already making money online so that they can get a piece of the pie. And then choose the idea and take action on it. And uh, we do that with a free 30-day trial inside the Flip Lifestyle community that gives you access to all of our training, all of our courses, all of our communities. You can uh, hang out with me twice a month on member calls. You can cancel anytime. There's absolutely no commitment. And uh, all they have to do is go to flippedlifestyle.com slash plate story, F-L-I-P-P-E-D, lifestyle.com slash plate story. That's plate, P-L-A-T-E. And we will we'll get them set up for a free trial. And they can check it out what we do. If it's not for them, that's fine. If it is, we'll help them succeed. That's a really good freebie. We give it all away. I got nothing to hide. I will come in and get the tires. <laughs> we will, I will prove to you that we are legit. 
Like, you don't got to pay me anything up front. Just come on in and you'll have so much fun. You'll probably stay. Anyway, so. I love it. Now, I always like to flip the uh, conversation and ask if you have one question you'd like to ask me since I've been barraging you with questions this whole time. I got a good one. Anything you want to ask? I, I got a good one. <laughs> I just wanted to compliment you because, you know, I do a lot of podcasts and I've had a lot of fun on this spot. You are a good podcaster, Trista. Thank like a very you. Good podcaster. Thank um, you. And I love plate story, but have you ever thought about launching at any other podcast or there, do you have any other uh, shiny objects that you're like over on this? Like, Oh, I'd love to do a podcast <laughs> about that. Like, what would you, if you were going to start like another podcast or what would you do? Oh my goodness. That's a great question. I will say I love the, I love talking the human interest interviews and really finding out, like just talking to you, like what makes you tick? What got you where you are? How has it been for you? And you've been an amazing guest, by the way. Oh, thank you. You are an amazing storyteller. You really listen to how people's minds work. Like not just what problem can I solve, but what are you dealing with that Mm. I can help you have an easier life. Mm. And I, I know that's part of why you guys have been so successful because you've really been able to tap into that. So I wanted to acknowledge you both for that and what you're creating for people. I but I, I do love the entrepreneur. I love mm. the failure stories. I love how you turn failure into success and what lessons you learned along the way from that kind of like zooming yeah, in narrow down on one topic. And so the failing your way forward, the turning adversity into success, and definitely that self-worth conversation. One of the reasons I haven't done it is time. But the other reason is there's so many podcasts out about that. And but they ain't hosted anybody hears they're not hosted by you though. That's the difference, that right? True. There's that a lot of podcasts true. about what I talk about too, but you know what? They ain't me and they ain't you. And you <laughs> I think you do a good job at it. I'm just saying. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. Any final words before we wrap up? Yeah, just, I, I can't imagine where my life would be right now if I didn't try, you know? And that's really what I just encourage everybody like, you know, you're going to regret it if you don't eventually. So you might as well try it. If it don't work, go back to what you were doing before. And if it does, good things are going to happen in your family and your future. So I love it. And don't be afraid to fail because that will keep you from trying for sure. Thank you so much, Shane, for being with me today. I had a blast. I had, this is the most, fun. I've got a bunch of podcasts today, but I have no doubt this will be the most fun. So those other people got a lot. They got a high bar. They got a high bar. High bar. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. Awesome. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Trista's Plate Story Podcast. Please subscribe to Trista's Plate Story Podcast to get the story behind all those vanity plates driving with you on the road. And if you would like to nominate the owner of a license plate, including you, or visit any of our partners and sponsors, come and see us at platestory.com. That's P-L number eight story.com and give us the details. If you enjoyed this episode, please drop a review and give us a share. I'm Trista Polo wishing you well on the road to your next adventure.